Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Jay Croucher, joined by Drew Dinsick. Today, we're going to briefly recap Thursday Night Football, uh, and then we're going to welcome in uh, John Daigle to break down uh, some of the slate, uh, and then we're going to give out our best bets. But first, Drew, big takeaways from Eagles 29, Texans 17. I don't have many takeaways from that other than um, the side and the total were very, very, very tight. <laughs> we're, and it's just a, it's a reminder that we're in the type of t- you know, time of the season where there's not a lot of unknowns. Um, the fact that the game played out basically exactly as expected was, um, I, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising. Like we've had eight weeks of football at this point. We know exactly who the Texans are. They don't have a wide range of outcomes in any given game. We know exactly who the Philadelphia Eagles are. They don't have a wide range of outcomes. They just play. They play safe football. Uh, they have you know efficient drives. Uh, they end, you know, every drive that ended in uh, in the red zone, they punched in for a touchdown. Um, and I think that's to be expected with, the, you know, now with the Philadelphia Eagles against bad teams. Uh, and I guess credit to the Texans for putting up a fight early in this one. Um, I was very, very, very pleased with their deployment of Damian Pierce. Uh, the fact that this was a heavy, heavy Pierce game uh, played right into sort of the way I played the prop market in this one. So I was uh, delighted by that. Uh, Would have liked maybe one more score at the end of the game to get the second half over home. Otherwise, that was about as ideal an outcome as I can uh, can imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, total landing on 46 because of the two-point conversion uh, was kind of funny. There was a little drama there. Uh, almost mattered what number you got if you bet that over. Uh, and I always love when that happens. So, um, yeah, entertaining game. Uh, and ult- But ultimately, the fact that it uh, lands so close to the, uh, the closing side in total, I think it's just instructive of where we are in the season. Yeah, I think macro football-wise, not much to take out of it. Like, there's generally not that much to take out of these type of games when they almost land right on the spread and right on the total, just by definition. <laughs> it followed exactly for expectations. But I do think uh, in terms of actionable betting stuff, I do think it has some awards race ripples. Jalen uh, Hurts was fine last night, but it was just another game where is anyone really going to vote for this guy over Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes for MVP? Does anyone actually think Jalen Hurts is better than these guys? And I think the answer is no. And unless the Eagles go 17-0 and or they go 16-1 and and the Bills falter a little bit, I just don't think Jalen Hurts is going to get any hardware, even Offensive Player of the Year, which 
Across the market, Jalen Hurts is favorite for that award. I don't understand that at all. Uh, Josh Allen is going to finish with more passing yards, more rushing yards, more touchdowns than Jalen Hurts. So how are you giving it to Hurts over Allen? And then it's probably not going to go to a quarterback anyway because the award skews more skill position, at least it has the past three years. Uh, and then Damian Pierce, he is the big mover where he is. He's still plus 250 on points bet for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Other wow. players are bunching that closer together. I think that's pretty close to pick now against Ken Walker uh, just because Pierce has such a big lead in yards. Uh, and I think Pierce might be better than Ken Walker just because of what he's dealing with. He has so much left to work with on the offense. And I say that as someone who doesn't have any Ken Wa- uh, any Damian Pierce equity in the market. I'm all Ken Walker, but a little bit concerned about that. And I wouldn't write off Chris Olave, but how do you price Ken Walker v. Damian Pierce? Just head-to-head, head head, who's more likely to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? I'm going to give Walker the nod. And this is kind of goes to the um, uh, spirit of people are going to be more willing to award, you know, give an award to a Seattle Seahawk, considering the Seahawks are very much in the mix for the division and at a, at a worst case, a wild card at this point. Uh, whereas, you know, Pierce is going to continue to get the volume, um, but he fit well against the defense he was facing, right? That's why he had a big night. And I think there will be plenty of games where you get, you know, he sees the volume, but it's just not produced, you know, it doesn't, there's not a commensurate yardage uh, or touchdown output from him. So um, Pierce, I would think, is is significantly a dog in my mind to Walker. Not like to the tune of, uh, I would say, Walker is massive value at plus 175. But um, talent-wise, I agree with you. There's not a huge disparity. Uh, system-wise, I like – and system-wise and team wins-wise, Ken Walker has a huge, huge uh, uh, you know step above. So uh, I think the, the market is pretty close to fair. I would make uh, Walker more like plus 150. So 175 is – is a hair of value by my numbers. The offensive player of the year discussion is more interesting though, because I completely agree with you that Jalen Hurts is the false favorite. That's the only awards market right now that I think you can absolutely uh, pick apart that is not priced correctly. That is basically it's upside down. Yeah, I uh, and you know we'll, we'll get more into it uh, as as next week next week unfolds. We'll see what happens over the weekend. But I make Derrick Henry like plus five hundred. To yeah. win that award and he's yeah, plus three thousand in the market yeah. that's a pretty big edge and i think tyree kill should be the favorite of 300 and tyree kill is still plus 700 so i think those are definitely the two to ride uh but before we bring in john daigle it's a weekend of must watch events on nbc and peacock it all begins with the horses and breeders cup saturday at 3 30 p.m eastern followed by the clemson tigers taking on Notre Dame football in South Bend and capped off with Saturday Night Live. The action continues Sunday with the NASCAR Cup Series Championship at 3 p.m. and wraps up with my Tennessee Titans battling the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football starting at 7 p.m. All of it on NBC and Peacock. All right, let's welcome in John Daigle from 4 4 Football. John, how are you? What did you make of last night's blockbuster? Doing well, closer than we thought as the Texans hung around in that first half. On the Offensive Rookie of the Year market, although like Drew, I believe the numbers are fair, I do think the usage is trending at least in Damian Pierce's favor. Uh, These past two weeks have been double-digit negative game scripts for the Texans, and Pierce has out-touched Rex Burkhead 45-3 to in those contests. So he's he's become an every-down back, which is favorable for him in the awards market. As someone who went four for four on Damian Pierce prop slot yesterday, yeah. um, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, it, it's, 
I, I, I do have an affinity for Pierce, and that is a fair point. Uh, the problem is, uh, you know, do would you expect Brandon Cooks back at some point? Will there be, uh, you know, some emphasis to try to develop anything in the passing game, or do you really think the Texans are they're fine going one fifteen and one with Pierce getting twenty five touches a game? As long as Pierce is still holding off Burkhead on passing downs, uh, there's an opportunity here. For, whereas for Walker, he's totaled now just five targets with Rashad Penny off the field the past three games. Uh, the difference is Ken Walker is literally a walking explosive play waiting to happen. Um, he's had 12 carries of 10-plus yards the past three games as well. So that, that could actually induce the market too. So it's interesting right now. We have a lot of good rookie running backs in the league. Pete Carroll said yesterday that he wants to get Ken Walker more involved in the passing game, but I mean, mm. Frank Reich said he wanted to give Jonathan Taylor less carries <laughs> than week one against the Texans, gave him about 70 carries. Frank, so Frank sure Reich actually said he would draft Naheem Hines too and then actually traded him in week eight. So yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. All right, John, let's get stuck into the slate. Let's start off with uh, what I thought could have been a frisky matchup between AFC playoff hopefuls now looking pretty grim. The Raiders are one and a half point favorites at the Jags. The total is 48 flat now. What do you like in this game? I still like my dumpster diving bets as well. And I throw out <laughs> Las Vegas' performance last week out the window. This is a team that still ranks fourth in yards per drive and sixth in points per drive in the league. I guess it was just because of their flu that was passed around the locker room but overall like I don't expect the Raiders to not cross midfield until the two-minute warning again whereas if we want some pushback we have to talk about the Jaguars offense because I want the over in this game actually and where Lawrence has struggled is in the red zone he's the lowest EPA in the league inside the 20-yard line but that's also where the Raiders have allowed the second highest touchdown percent in the league and they're also permitting the highest passing touchdown rate in the league as well so i bet we get a lot of success from the jaguars passing game and a bounce back on offense from josh jacobs and everyone involved so i actually like a lot of points to be had in this one okay that makes sense to me and i guess uh, i had i passed on this one just because i cannot figure out either of these teams this year they continue to zig when i think they're gonna zag and uh you know statistics would tell you that these are both good offenses yet none of the production is there particularly as you mentioned in the red zone for the jaguars um and uh i've kind of given up on this team which means they probably uh, go out and hang a 40 burger here so uh jay jay did you play this game at all I haven't, but John raised a really interesting point around Lawrence in the red zone, which I think is the thing to watch the rest of the season where it's not statistically proven that quarterbacks should get, they have a specific skill set that makes them worse in the red zone relative to the rest of the field. But it feels like that should be a skill that is a kind of different part of the game. And I would think that maybe that is translatable, but it hasn't been. Historically, there aren't really quarterbacks who are just bad in the red zone uh, and then good everywhere else. But I think that is something to watch with Lawrence. Obviously, it has to do with his personnel as well. But yeah, it's been a nightmare there. They just haven't had a deep element all season. And uh, yeah, I've stayed away from this game because I can't figure out either of these teams. But I do like the look on the over. Let's go to Ravens Saints, where the Ravens are two and a half point favorites in New Orleans on Monday night. The total is 48. What are you liking in this game, John? I understand all the injuries the Ravens are dealing with, but last week, 
in seeing that blip on the radar, in my opinion, from the Raiders offense, you also have to say that's a Saints defense that was creating the league's second lowest pressure rate coming into that game and then suddenly had a season-high 41% pressure rate on Derek Carr. Also, the month prior, going into the Raiders and shutting them out, they were allowing 33 points per game. So even though the Ravens are dealing with loads of injuries on offense, you can say Isaiah likely, if he starts over Mark Andrews, is the best backup tight end in the league. Uh, Demarcus Oof. Robinson has been frisky in his, his history with Patrick Mahomes, offers a deep threat. And then John Harbaugh literally last week just threw his hands in the air and said, okay, if we're dealing with all of this, we'll just give Lamar Jackson the fifth most pass attempts of his entire career. Like there's nothing wrong with giving Lamar Jackson more touches. And so I actually think it's a sneaky spot for the Ravens to score quite a few points and cover any number under a field goal here on the road. Ooh, man. Daily, you're scaring me. I know. <laughs> I've played I an know. under here. I've played an under here. Uh, I like under. I don't know why it's trending up. Um, my fare here is 46, so I'm uh, across the key of 47. Um, and I, but m- mostly I like an under because of I think that the game state, if you're right, if the Ravens get out to a lead, they are excellent at just wiping the clock out in the second mm-hmm. half. Like, think about back to the Jets game week one or, uh, you know, several other examples. Like, yes, they have allowed some some comeback points, but with the investments and the uh, players that they're getting back on defense right now, like, I think they're set up pretty well uh, to, you know, to punk Andy Dalton if it is Saints in comeback mode. Uh, and then the flip side is this could just be a game that's, you know, field goals, field goals, field goals if the Saints defense is back. Um, and I think there's a realistic likelihood of that. So uh, under for me in this one, um, but uh, we'll we'll cover this more, I'm sure, next Monday. This is a finally, yeah, another another good primetime game. I'm excited for this one, and uh, and and I guess uh, neither John or I feels like the Saints win this game. But I know Jay, you think the Saints still have uh, an outside chance to steal the NFC, the the horrific NFC South, yeah. Yes, and that's more a reflection on the NFC South than any great deep belief in the the aptitude of the New Orleans Saints. But I did back some plus five fifty at the start of the week. Uh, on the Saints to win the division. And, yeah, look, I don't think the defense is – it's not your older brother's Saints defense, uh, but it is, I think, trending slightly in the right direction, though Marshall and Lattimore is still not practicing, which is a problem. I uh, wouldn't expect him to be out here. Uh, but, yeah, John, to your point about the Ravens, I do think as well, like, Devin Duvernay is a top 25 receiver by PFF rate at the moment. Isaiah Likely uh, is, to your point, the best backup tight end in the league. We'll see if Mark Andrews goes or not, but – I do think Lamar Jackson is probably the most wide receiver independent uh, elite quarterback in the league. Uh, and he showed that against Tampa despite being down with what he was able to do. Uh, so do you think Lamar is still an outside chance at, at MVP or getting into any of the, the awards discussions or is he just too far back in the AFC? The issue is that anytime he stumbles, Josh Allen is still right there, not failing. Uh, and I understand on Sunday night, Josh Allen threw a couple of picks in the second half. But by that point, the Packers were still running the ball. And it was very clear the Bills had just thrown to the towel because they saw they won the game already. Also, this game's interesting because we think Roquan Smith will have at least limited packages to play on Monday night. For and sure. the reason Andy Dalton is starting is because they said – we just need the person who gets Kamara the ball. Like, if you are getting Alvin Kamara the ball, that means you are better than Jameis Winston. Like, Kamara has at least nine targets in three consecutive games now. Roquan Smith is a player in the front seven that can help limit Kamara's explosiveness. So, uh, yeah, I actually lean towards Drew's under as well. Okay, I like it. Let's go to 
Another game with the total floating around that range. Titans Chiefs. Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites at home. Total is now 45 flat, actually. Uh, expecting probably Malik Willis in this game. First, John, interested in your thoughts on what the difference is towards the line between Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill, which is probably less pronounced than the actual skill gap because of the presence of Derrick Henry uh, and how much uh, the Titans run the ball. But what are you looking for in this game? Well, at the same time, they can't hide Malik Willis in this game. You still have to match the Chiefs' points per points. The Titans are still allowing the most receiving yards per game to opposing wide receivers. Uh, the Chiefs, as we know, will come out throwing and probably do so with ease. You saw against the Texans, Malik Willis only threw one time in the second half because they could just hide him. Um, the Texans only had 56 yards of offense going into their final garbage time drive in the fourth quarter, and thus – that's why the Titans were just allowed to run the ball. But at the same time, on only 14 dropbacks, Malik Willis took three sacks and threw a pick. That's not great, especially against Houston's defense. And now you have Frank Clark and the Chiefs pass rush and Steve Spagnola coming at you. So I do have a little bit of betters PTSD in the Bills not covering a large number, <laughs> the Eagles not covering a large number last night. But at the same time, it's hard to argue against the line, honestly. Like, I don't think, especially in a primetime game in his first career start in Arrowhead, like, this this spot is too big for Malik Willis, honestly. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, there's been pretty sharp move towards the Chiefs and a sharp move towards the under. Uh, and I think that is largely the downgrade from the expectation of Tannehill to Willis. I think the opening line was basically – maybe like 75, 25 that Tannehill would play. And now we're probably looking at 25, 75 that he won't. Yeah. Um, and I think that's mostly what you're seeing there. The downgrade for me uh, from a point standpoint, from a win probability standpoint, I'm docking the uh, Titans about 5% going from Tannehill to Willis here. Um, Tannehill definitely has performed well against the Chiefs in his, uh, you know, in, you know, and Spagnuolo scheme defenses in his time in the NFL. Um, and Willis is definitely more of an unknown quantity, but he does give you at least a little bit of pop on the ground. I do think the Chiefs are susceptible to being run on, uh, and you know the rushing attack is going to be largely you know deterministic here for the Tennessee Titans covering the spread. Um, a little bit of an inflation here, even in the opener, in my opinion, on the Chiefs just because they're coming off the bye and so many, uh, you know, they they there's just in general, uh, you know, an easy opportunity to surcharge anyone that wants to bet Andy Reid off the bye in this game. So. Um, you know, I think in general, this is Titans or pass as you sit down and start handicapping this game. Um, the question really, I guess, is how healthy is Henry? How effective will he be against this defense? Because on the other side of the ball, I like the Tennessee defense against Pat Mahomes, as crazy as that sounds. Now, Jay, I know you saw that in yeah. person last year uh, where Pat Mahomes had his worst game as a pro. Uh, against this Titans defense, and it's not that different in terms of roster composition right now. Uh, do you think the Titans are you know, kind of sneaky live to even win this game? Yeah, well, to your point, I went to Nashville uh, as an Australian guy looking to see Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and I feel like I still haven't seen Patrick Mahomes. He did absolutely nothing in that game, which I think they lost 27-3, to and the that Chiefs sounds... are three-and-a-half-point favorites. So, I mean, maybe there is something matchup-wise. I mean, the easiest thing to point to there is that the Chiefs annually – struggle uh, defending the run and the Titans have Derrick Henry and they run the ball religiously. I do think with Tannehill to Willis, I still think Ryan Tannehill is basically the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. I don't think there's a big difference between him and Matthew Stafford, for instance, when you look at 
luck adjusted epa per play pff grade dvoa like everything points to Tannehill. the past few years really being a top 15 quarterback in the league which i think people more think that you know oh, is malik wills going to steal his job this year um, no malik wills isn't stealing anyone's job this year uh he might not steal a job from zach wilson based on the way he looked against the texans so i think that Tannehill, even with how much they run the ball i still think he's worth two two and a half points to the line over malik willis uh, in terms of their upset potential, uh, I, I don't think it's really sitting there unless Tannehill miraculously plays. Uh, I do think uh, that the Chiefs, they should handle this. The Titans have an elite rushing defense against the pass. They haven't been nearly as good. Um, but yeah, I do think this is probably going to be a fairly routine Chiefs victory. Uh, is there anything else that you like in this game, John? No, just think it's interesting that in a year where Brian Dable and Pete Carroll, and rightfully so, are getting all the headlines, Mike Vrabel continues getting it done with just no talent on defense. It's it's actually amazing what he's done since taking over as a head coach in Tennessee. We still can't believe him when we look up and down that defensive roster that he just continues doing it every week. I take exception to no talent. I take exception to no talent. Jeffrey Simmons is a is a guy that I build around in any day of the week. Love, love, love him as sort of an anchor piece. Uh, you know, he's Aaron Donald Light. Um, but uh, that's yeah, fair. Jake, More talent than last year for sure when he won Coach of the Year. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. I think that Vrabel, Drew and I were talking about this earlier in the week, but Vrabel is eighty to one to win Coach of the Year right now. I'd say he's a top four deserving candidate on merit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, extremely hard to go back-to-back in an award like that, which is so subjective and narrative-based. But, look, it's not out of the realm that they, particularly if they win this game miraculously, they could be a two-seed again with having the talent of... I mean, they were two-and-a-half-point dogs at home to the Raiders, and they weren't really that banged up at that point either. So I think the relative to perception... Brable might exceed ex- expectations more than uh, almost anyone this season, but he's probably not going to win, but at 80 to 1, I think it's worth a bet. Anyway, John, uh, thank you for coming on. Enjoyed all your analysis. Where can people find you? 4for4.com, where I talk about more sports betting and redraft fantasy if you're in those streets as well. Ooh. Okay, very good. Yeah, all right. Well, good luck to the Ravens. Good luck to points being scored in Raiders, Jags, uh, and good luck to all your other bets, John. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Good seeing you, boys. Good luck. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed.
This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets... First five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER. Gambling problem? Call 8778 Hope New York or text Hope NY 467-369 in New York. Okay. Uh let's jump straight into a little predictor segment, Drew. Uh and don't forget, can win hundred thousand dollars playing Sunday night seven on the NBC Sports Predictor app. And one of the questions you will see is how many rushing yards for King Derek Henry? I gotta go, Max here. And I know that this is kind of sticking with the, um, you know, sort of the the general philosophy, which is, um, you know, the Titans are going to give him 30 carries in this game. He is going to be the fe- feature focus and, uh, you know, kind of load back with uh, Tannehill unlikely to go. This is uh, Derrick Henry potentially getting into the 150 range as sort of the, uh, the high upside for me. So uh, give me the maximum uh, amount of yards for Derrick Henry. Yep, I'm with you there. I think a lot of Damian Pierce Thursday night football potential uh, with Derrick Henry where he's game script independent. They're just going to run him anyway. And yeah, just with the volume he's getting, 28 plus carries each of the past three weeks. They're not going to let Malik Willis fly uh, from the get-go. So I think that is the right play. Derrick Henry, 125 plus yards. Get it done, King Henry, on the path to offensive player of the year. All right. Let's jump into our favorite bets for the weekend. And Drew, you're looking at Patriots Colts. I do like the Patriots in this spot. It's a weird one. <laughs> market's not so market's, market's not with me on this really at all. Um, but uh, you know, it, in fact, apparently some influential money is out there backing Sam Ellinger on the road in his first ever career start uh, against Bill Belichick's scheme defense. And I take huge exception to that. I think that the uh, the Belichick defense um, is is so 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 well schemed to stop the pass. Uh, and in a normal kind of game state where you have a fully healthy Colts squad and Jonathan Taylor is you know embarrassing the league, then this is a very different game. But Jonathan Taylor is banged up. The Colts rushing attack in general has not been effective at all this year. They just traded away Naheem Hines, which I think 
negatively impacts the Colts in this game. And on top of it all, I don't even really think Frank Reich expects to be back next year. I don't think he wants to start Sam Ellinger. And so this is now a situation where the Colts go on the road, season is lost, they're trading away key pieces, and they're facing a New England team where public perception and market perception of Mac Jones cannot be lower. This is the bottom, really. And I think, you know, any kind of bounce from him here against a defense that is schemed somewhat predictably uh, is to be expected. And New England coming out with a sharp performance and building a little bit of momentum. They go into their bye this week. They come out of their bye. They get to play the Jets again. You know, you could look up here and the Patriots could be six and four, very much in the mix for a wild card. And people are like, why did we hate Mac Jones again? I can't even remember. This team is winning. Uh, Like that feels like the arc and the, the, you know, this is, this happens almost every year with the Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, just in general, the the way that they treat the middle of their season building into uh, their peak form. And so I think even at the uh, minus four and a half that's out there right now, um, this is a buy low spot for the Pets. Yep, I believe in the Patriots, at least their defense I believe in, which is I think sixth in DVOY. And the way to beat the Pats is to run on them, uh, which Chicago showed. Their rushing defense has been terrible all season, but Colts can't run the ball at the moment, which is weird. <laughs> they have Jonathan Taylor, but they still can't run the ball because they've got maybe the worst offensive line in football. And Jonathan Taylor's not Jonathan Taylor at the moment. He's still mending that high ankle sprain. He may not even play. I think it's probably likely he doesn't play at this point. It's probably the Deion Jackson show. And, uh, yeah, a pretty sorry state for the Colts when they're, uh, they're really missing Naheem Hines, who may not even take the field for the Bills on offense. <laughs> but uh, he would be very valuable to the Colts. I'm uh, – I'm riding with our Seattle Seahawks again. I feel like this is just the Seattle Seahawks segment, but going to keep the market properly adjusts. My bet is the Seahawks. Don't even worry about the two points. Just take them on the money line, plus 105. At the Cardinals, the, the market right now is saying, with how home field advantage is valued, that these two teams are dead even. Uh, I don't agree with that at all, uh, based on what we've seen from both of these two teams. I think there is a material gap. Seahawks are the sixth best team by DVOA in the league, 11th best team by PFF grade. Cardinals are 30th in both of those measures. And just watch the Cardinals play, as I had to, riding out that plus six and a half ticket against the Minnesota Vikings. This team is horribly managed. The defense is just not viable. Yes, Kyler Murray is a better quarterback, and DeAndre Hopkins is a much better wide receiver than you typically get on basically cellar-dweller teams like the Cardinals are trending towards at the moment. I think that team has huge disaster potential. I think the Seahawks are just flat better. I think Geno Smith is better than Kyler Murray this season based on what he's shown. Uh, I believe in Geno Smith, believe in Seattle's weapons, believe in that improving defense as well. Lockdown corner Tariq Woolen on DeAndre Hopkins. Just one thing I'll ask you about, Drew. The total on this one is 49 and a half, which I think surprises people because these teams played a few weeks ago and the the game finished 19-9. I will say that I think t- both of those teams combined were one of six on fourth downs in that yeah. game, and Seattle just kept on kicking field goals inside Arizona 20. So yeah. I think that's skewed a little bit, but uh, any angle on this game and on the total? I agree with you 100%. Seattle should be favored here. Played them on the money line this week. Let's go. Let's go, Ballhawks. And if you're confused about the Cardinals, if this doesn't make sense to you, how can you have a top 10 quarterback and a top 10 wide receiver one and still have a broken offense? The Arizona Cardinals, as currently constituted, are basically the Matt Stafford, Calvin Johnson lines. That's who this team is. 
And it's going to be this way for a long time because it's a dysfunctional franchise. Um, there is, you said there's disaster potential with the Arizona Cardinals. I completely agree. In fact, I think the disaster potential could come from inside the building. It lit- this literally could be, uh, yeah, I got my guaranteed money. I don't need to put my body at risk. In fact, I'd like Cliff Kingsbury gone. So, you know, let's see how bad we can make this make make this thing look, uh, because, you know, guess what? If push comes to shove and it is, you know, you know, heads are on the chopping block between time, Kingsbury and and uh, and Kyler Murray. Uh, the only K that uh, I think survives is Kyler Murray. And so um, this is uh, this is, you know, we're, we're we're heading in a very, very, uh, you know, sad, sad place for uh, the team that will be hosting the Super Bowl this year. They will not be there. <laughs> I can tell you that no, much. No, and uh, and yeah, I think uh, I think tur- turnover at the at the head coach and GM is warranted. But again, you know, they just paid those guys. So this may there may be another year of this, which is why I think uh, kind of it's a fair comp to uh, uh, hold them up against the Lions during the Stafford era. Yeah, why not? Okay, before we dash, we have a question uh, from a viewer, Holt, NBA plays for the weekend. Ah. As I'm looking at the slate now, uh, my best bet for tonight in particular, I'd be taking the Cavs minus six against the Pistons. Still don't think the market has adjusted to exactly how good this Cleveland team is. I think they are a potential one seed. I wouldn't favor them or like for the one seed or anything, but I think they're right behind Milwaukee and Boston, uh, who they just beat. And uh, yeah, I don't think the market is treating them as the top tier team that they are yet. And I'm not concerned about Detroit. What about you, Drew? Yeah, I played five sides today. Um, and if you <laughs> yeah. want to know why, tune into Battle of the Bets, where I'm going to break down three of them in detail. Uh, but I'm with you on the Cavs. I played the Celtics. I backed the Pacers to get an upset against the Heat. Uh, oh, and uh, and then uh, two stinkers at the bottom of my card. Uh, I laid a big old number with the Pels against the Warriors. Uh, and uh, I'm holding my head in shame. I bet the Lakers. You bet the Lakers. Hey, the Lakers aren't that bad. Uh, <laughs> the trending in the right direction. I, I got a weird... I, I got a weird Lakers theory for you. I feel like the Nets taking the title of the villain and the team that everybody likes to absolutely publicly shame uh, has kind of given the Lakers a little bit of reprieve. And now they can just be like, oh, we, we know we, we, we suck. We know it. And teams maybe roll into L.A. thinking like, well, yeah, this team stinks. We're going to beat them. Uh, but it's not as much focus on how bad they've been lately. Thanks to the Nets, the uh, Nets debacle. <laughs> so uh, and actually like, the month of November is going to be a bet on the Lakers a lot, I think. They have a yep. ton of advantage spots coming up. This is one of They have the number two defense in the entire league right now, and they're on yeah. offense. They're going to have some shooting regression as well. I like it. I think that they're, they're a slightly above 500-level team as presently yeah. constructed. I don't think that, yeah, they're not going to contend for a top four seed or anything, but they've still got no. LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, yeah. sixth man of the year. Uh, the campaign begins. So, yeah, I like that with the Lakers. All right, before we head out, for all you college football fans that want some last-minute betting insight, tune into our NBC Sports YouTube channel uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern as Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thomas, and Eric Froton answer your questions prior to a full slate of Week 10 games. And don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll see you next week. Thank you.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.